Welcome in to Bears Weekly, a Chicago Bears Network production. Download the Chicago Bears official app, brought to you by Verizon, to follow the team on the go. Bears Weekly is brought to you by Advocate Healthcare, Athletico Physical Therapy, Beth Rivers, CDW, Connie's Pizza, IGS Energy, and Miller Lite. Here are your hosts, Jeff Choniak, a.k.a. the Mayor of Bearsville, and his sidekick, Tom the Surfmaster Thayer. How we doing, everybody, tonight? Heck, it is uh, already past the midway point of January. I mean, my goodness, things are going to be popping real soon as it pertains to the coaching carousel around the league, what happens with the Bears, offensive coordinator, offensive staff, and gearing up for the player procurement section of the offseason. I'm Jeff Joniak, along with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, along in just a moment. Uh, Jack McGrath and Sean Greeny, our producers tonight, executive producer of the Bears Radio Network is Eric Ostrowski, and we are back together again. Good to talk to you and Tommy. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's getting exciting already when you start digging in already into uh, free agency and who's available and uh, getting ready for the draft. I'm already diving in deep. I love it. Can't wait. And uh, a lot going on with the Bears with this offensive coordinator thing. All these are reported interviews, obviously, uh, but uh, there's, there's a, a big cast going on. There's uh, seven or eight guys right now. Jeff, this, this is going to be the season that never stopped yeah. because as soon as the season ended, <clears throat> the speculation of what the Bears were going to do in the future began, and then they made some coaching changes. Now the conversation of who they're going to add to the mix as far as coaches has begun, but then there's going to be a three-month kind of uh, anticipation of what they're going to do during the draft because they have the first and the ninth pick in the first round plus all the other picks. They have a lot of free agent money. So don't, ex- you know, each week that you introduce the show, don't think that the speculation, anticipation, the excitement is going to be like, say, okay, we're over the hump now. Let's let's get ready. No, because as soon as we're near the hump, then it is going to be draft day, and then OTAs are going to start. Then it's going to be rookie mini camp, and then it's going to be mini camp, and then you know, so this is going to be the season that never ended. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I was out today at, a, at an event for a short time, met a lot of Bears fans, and uh, they want to talk, but they're, they, don't, they, wanna, they, they always table it by saying, yeah, you probably don't want to probably talk about this all the time, so you don't really want to talk about it. And they're very polite. I go, hey, bring it on. I said, let me start. I'm going to ask you, what do you think? Justin, number one pick. Keep bo- so I give them the scenarios, and I'll tell you, I talked to probably 15 people. It was split right down the middle. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody wants one thing. Another half of people want something else. And it really, I mean, if it's hard for just the average fan to separate themselves for just a second and, like, evaluate what they see and what they trust with their eyes and what they evaluate, what they hear, what they read, they gotta, they got to get through. Obviously, they're not the, the professionals doing this, but we all have our opinions, right? Um, if it's this difficult for just the <laughs> Average Joe, can you imagine what it is like right now for the Bears front office? Jeff, this is not a season of conversation of other people. This is the the offseason of their opinion. From everywhere I've been, from gas stations to supermarkets to the dry cleaners to whether it's male and female or whomever you're talking to, they only want to give you their opinion. You don't have to answer them. You just have this is the season of being a good listener. Right, and uh, it, it's something that uh, Jim Miller does every day on Sirius right? XM NFL Radio, moving the chains. Big Jim, you hear it from all 32 teams and their fans. So 
Uh, how you doing today? And welcome back to Bears Weekly tonight. Uh, are you getting the sense? And I don't know. Have you have you gotten a lot of calls on the Bears on your shows? Tom, Jeff, good to be with you. Yeah, I had actually two very heated conversations today uh, with Bears fans that that called in. Yeah, because like you said, it it's one or the other. It's keep Justin, draft, trade down, build around him, or it's hey, we got to move on. Let's draft another quarterback, trade Justin. And what have we been saying? We kind of talked about it last week. You can do both, Bears fans. Everybody thinks like this is something that, that can't work out. It's happened before. I brought up Drew Brees, and they drafted Phillip Rivers. They actually had to franchise Drew Brees because he played so well. All right? And ultimately, fine, moved on to and uh, moved him to uh, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, but then Phillip Rivers has a great career. You know, we, we talked about it last week. You know, you, the Bears, we know why they did it. They passed up C.J. Stroud to what? Evaluate Justin Fields. It's been better. Is it consistent where it needs to be? And the Bears are going through those evaluations. But you can do both because I do think the Bears like Justin. Uh, I think his teammates, they all, they all like Justin. He's tough. He's, he's a tremendous athlete. He makes great plays. It just has to be more consistent. So you can do both. You can keep Justin. He can uh, compete, can continue to play. And if he blows you, uh, blows it up and has a good season, you can, you know, pay him a contract. Uh, and then you, at that same point, you can still develop uh, a young quarterback that's there on the roster. I, I believe Green Bay did that. And his yeah. name was Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> who sat for three years. They okay? sure did. It, it, they both can happen. So, you know, it'll be interesting how it unfolds, and, and that's what the, the Bears are doing. They're going through all those scenarios, and I'm pretty confident Ryan Poles will, will do what's right for the organization. The beauty of this whole thing, and I'm talking to two guys that played for the Chicago Bears and had long NFL careers, uh, is that the passion of this fan base, and, and it is something you can only look at from where you're standing, uh, to use an Eberflus term and what the players regurgitate all the time, you'd be where your feet are is the passion of this fan base and the love of this team. And, and again, conversations today, you know, I'm going to love this team no matter what happens, but I need them to win. I, I, I'm spending my money. for. T- I need them to win. But the passion is there, and they have the radio on. They're listening to us. They're listening on Sundays. They're at the game. They're, they're, they're just all in, and that is something you can't get everywhere. And I, I broadly say – I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that we're a part of this broadcast crew. That's all you know, I got to say. Jeff, and you know, you, you talk to a wide variety of people throughout an offseason. And I will say since this season has ended, the older generation of people I talk to, they have the opinion that Jim just said about you draft a quarterback, you let the other quarterback sit and develop, you let them learn about the NFL, and then you make a decision down the road. Then the younger generation of people you talk to, they have an exact opinion how they want it to happen right now. So it's really funny because, you know, you you kind of take into account how old the person is you're talking to. And when, as Jim mentioned, they remember when quarterbacks were drafted and sat behind the starter for one, two, or three, or up to four seasons. So, you know, you, you have to take into account the age, you know, you got that, you know, line, line of demarcation. Well, yeah, where, it, how old yeah. they are. 
Yeah, and it, 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 immediate gratification society uh, is growing more than not, right? So that's what we're talking about. Jim Miller, Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. When we come back, we'll dive into some of those names uh, that the Bears reportedly have interviewed or are about to at the offensive coordinator position here on Bears Weekly. We'll also be joined by Jaquan Brisker, an interview I did late in the season, and we'll replay that and run that for you as well as we bring you Bears Weekly here on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. Is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak, on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly is brought to you by IGS Energy. Good to be with you again. Jeff, Tom, and Jim Miller from Sirius XM and NFL Radio is moving the chain. So the Bears have reportedly uh, had some sit-downs with uh, more than a half dozen offensive uh, minds as they uh, narrow down their search or maybe even broaden it as the latest name to the mix. Jim Miller is Cliff Kingsbury, reportedly uh, will interview for the position, USC senior offensive analyst and quarterback coach who's had uh, connections, obviously, to Patrick Mahomes and uh, Manziel and Murray, uh, the Arizona quarterback, and then working, of course, with Caleb Williams. Uh, let's start there because that's the latest name that's popped up. 44 years old and a former head coach at Arizona Cardinals. What's your thought? Yeah, um, I actually spent time in New England. Cliff was there uh, competing uh, with New, New England and when I was there with, uh, with the Patriots. And, you know, obviously a great football mind, very intelligent, has that New England background. But then when he went on, like you said, whether it's at Texas Tech and where he's coached, went to more of a spread uh, spread out offense. I think you saw when he was with the Arizona Cardinals, once they acquired James Conner, he did run the football very effectively. Actually, James Conner had 16 rushing touchdowns, if I remember correctly, the year they went to the playoffs. Uh, so uh, very good at working with athletic quarterbacks, like you mentioned Caleb Williams and the other quarterbacks that, that you mentioned with Patrick Mahomes and Murray and, and how well those guys have, have performed. And, uh, you know, so I think he's the Bears are turning over every stone. And certainly he's got information on, on Caleb Williams, whether the, the Bears tap into that in the interview. i got to believe they'll ask him uh, some questions uh, about Caleb. And then, you know, to me, out of all the guys they've interviewed – Cliff is a different guy. I think Greg Roman is a different guy because he's older school. Greg Olson, who they're uh, interviewing, he's more of a John Gruden, but he does have a history of being with the Rams and obviously with Shane Waldron uh, being out in Seattle too. That's more the the Ram-Kyle Shanahan background. So whether it's Clint Kubiak, uh, Liam Cohen, uh, Shane Waldron. Yeah, those guys all have that same type of background, which – and that offense, you know, because obviously you look at the success of Mike McDaniel came from Kyle Shanahan's system down in uh, Miami. Look at the year Bobby Slowick has had as the OC of the Houston Texans. So these are, you know, that seems to be the hot offenses. And, you know, but I, I will say I would have a line of delineation that uh, Clint, Cliff Kingsbury, Greg Roman, and Greg Olson all from a different cloth of those other guys that they've interviewed and what has and the other names Tommy are, are Zach Robinson the Rams quarterback coach former Oklahoma State quarterback and Marcus Brady former Colts offensive coordinator uh, is working with the Eagles the last couple of years so uh, you're looking at successful organizations all of them uh, pretty much love running the football except as you know as as uh, Jimmy pointed out about Kingsbury Connor had 18 touchdowns that year 15 18. on the ground three through the year yeah Tommy but, what do you, know, you think <clears throat> I, you know, both you guys. So if I'm interviewing you guys for the offensive coordinator position of the Chicago Bears, 
do I first ask you what you think of the future of Justin Fields and how your philosophical believing in offense fits his his mm-hmm. type of accomplishments? Or do I ask you what type of offense that you want to run, regardless of who's playing quarterback? So I, I, I think it's a kind of a different decision here when you're trying to hire an offensive coordinator this year for the Chicago Bears because there's so many moving parts to the type of answers that you're trying to get. And um, I don't know if it makes the process more confusing or if it allows the offensive coordinator who's being interviewed a, a chance to explore their options. Well, first thing I would say, I, I would first want to know what the guy's all about. What, what are you? What are your go-to's? What are your? You know, no matter who's playing, what are your go-to's? What is your style? What is your scheme? What What is your philosophy? All the down and distance situations, and uh, I, you know, are you are you willing to adapt to what we have on the roster? What you're going to trust us to bring you, and can you make these guys all play together? And, and it could be different styles of quarterbacks. I got to know that first of all. I got to know what they're ready for in this market. I mean, obviously, all these guys have been in the NFL. Uh, but this market right now is at a fever pitch. And so I want to know, are you able to drown all that out, handle it, and, and, and not ad- adapt to what you're hearing? Because uh, that's the one thing in some of, these, some of these places, they don't have to hear it that way. And, Jim, I don't know how you think about it, what you, how you would approach it, but, I mean, I'm the amateur <laughs> head coach and general manager here sitting down with these guys. Floos has got to be comfortable with what, he's going to be wanting from the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, well, clearly moving on from Luke Getze, who is from, what, the Kyle Shanahan system, yeah. Sean McVay system. A lot of these guys run that same system. Okay, so you, you look at the success of Green Bay and how they've just brought along a young quarterback in, in Jordan Love, who looks to be playing pretty well right now. I think everybody would agree with that. A lot of those coordinators that we just mentioned come from that background that Luke Getze just tried to mold Justin Fields into and then, of course, tried to adapt to quarterback runs and all these things. So first off, you're going to say, we want to evaluate, you know, what's your evaluation of, of Justin Fields? What are the things that you're going to do to get him to play uh, more consistently? You know, and I, I think that's what, and this is how I would utilize him is what the response is going to be. This is what I believe Justin does well for my scouting report. This is what I would change. This is what I would work on uh, with him, you know, if that's the, the route they want to go, you know. but And, you know, to get it to the consistency of the passing game where it needs to be. And that's why I bring up, like, Greg Roman's a little bit different, you know, because for him, the success he had with Colin Kaepernick out there in San Francisco, that was Jim Harbaugh's system, right, because he was under uh, Jim Harbaugh. And then he took that system to Baltimore, where obviously Lamar Jackson won league MVP. I mean, go look at those numbers. I mean, Greg Roman, Lamar under Greg Roman, he was like 45 and 17 as a, mm-hmm. as a winner, you know, in terms of his record. And so I think all, you know, there, this is kind of a fact-finding mission. How would you utilize Justin? How do you feel where he's at? How, what would you incorporate? How do you get it more uh, consistent? But again, even with that said, and if they do formulate that that idea that, hey, let's continue with Justin, you still can draft a quarterback, as I mentioned. Yeah. Justin's under contract. Fine. If he plays, don't put the fifth-year option on him. If he plays well, great. Try and work out a deal, or you just franchise him. And at the same time, you're developing a young quarterback uh, in the new system the Bears are going to run. 
hey, Jim, when you look at a guy like Frank Reich, who just mm. lived the perfect nightmare, he's a mm. you know head coach, they trade, they get the number one pick, they draft Bryce Young, and then they try to install between he and the offensive coordinator and a brand-new first-time uh, quarterback coach and Josh McCowan. What, what coaching tree does he come from? Because, you know, I, I think when you make a claim that somebody comes from a coaching tree, that doesn't guarantee that the, the system's going to be successful. Yeah, but I think, well, for Frank, he, he somewhat morphed because when he was with Doug Peterson there in Philadelphia, obviously, you know, he was a part of the Kelly Gunn offense, you know, and all those offenses, right. but kind of morphed once Doug Peterson got to uh, got to uh, uh, Philadelphia Philly, yep. and when he was there. So that's Andy Reid's system, but yet it's been modified. You know, and you look at like how Shane Steichen is is running the uh, the Colts offense. That's what Frank was trying to install down there with Bryce Young. I think where the marriage went off the rails is I personally don't think Frank Reich wanted Bryce Young. I think he wanted C.J. Stroud, and that led to uh, you know, it's not that that marriage didn't get off to a good start r- right away because I think they disagreed on who they wanted as their quarterback. Because I think we know Bryce Young's offense because of his size got to be modified you know he's got to be in shotgun due to his being smaller in stature and how they tried to run that offense which they wanted it to be like the philly offense and that's what frank was rolling with and it turned out to be an absolute disaster and all right we're going to take another break oh sorry big jim got to take another break here on bears weekly with jim miller and tom there i'm jeff joniak we come back how this whole process including looking and other teams are doing it too looking at the shanahan and Sean McVay tree, and we keep hearing about the coaching trees. How do defenses look at this? Because it's in a constantly adapting league, and why everybody goes into one swimming pool all the time with uh, hot teams and hot, hot styles. Let's talk about that coming up next here on Bears Weekly on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. Hey, you want VIP access to every Bears home game, exclusive seating, sideline credentials, and more now available. Get the ultimate VIP fan package this season. Visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. Schedule come out in May. We know who the Bears' opponents are, just don't know when. We'll know where as well. Uh, Jeff Tom and Jim Miller with you on Bears Weekly, along with Kevin Zipak. I ignored him in the open. The Z-Dog is uh, outstanding, <laughs> along with Sean Greeny. I know we got the Z-Dogs are really, uh, you know, little Z. Little Z, Z-Dog, but... I don't know. It just came out. You can join the Z-Dog pack, Kevin Z-Pack. All right, listen. Well, we talked about how this offensive scheme is hot right now. It's it's productive. It's uh, it's creative. Uh, opposing defenses uh, tend to ramp up their ability to stop some of these offenses over time. Uh, Jim and Tom, weigh in on this, if you will, and just how uh, as teams in this, what they, and I hate saying it because I don't like the word, it's too easy to refer to it as a copycat league, but there is a bunch of that going on, isn't there? Well, I mean, it is a copycat league, but you have to take what your assets are and then you have to accentuate those. You're not going to try to be something you can't be. You're not going to try to be a run-sustaining offense if you have no line-blocking ability. If you have a deficiency up front, it's going to be tough to maintain the protections that you need. When you look at some of these offenses, you have to admire the creativity and the play calling 
and the versatility of the offense because they keep the opponents, the defense's court, the defensive coordinator, and the defensive players off balance and thinking. So I, I think that you know, to, just to say that oh, this is what we're going to become. If you don't have the ability to become that, you're not going. You're not going to do that. Jim, what's the kryptonite for this particular style of uh, offense of the 49ers and Rams? Well, they can all run the ball, right? I mean, you look at Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I mean, the guy's probably going to be the offensive player of the year. Um, you look at Kyron Williams of the Rams. Look at the year that guy had. I mean, guy had over 1,200 yards rushing in, in the touchdowns, and then, of course, they create conflict with their play-action uh, pass game and, of course, have a lot of window dressing. What did we just see uh, Jordan Love do against Dallas? Did Aaron Jones? He only Jordan Love only threw twenty one passes in that game, yep. twenty one passes. Uh, same with C.J. Stroud. You know, at time, the, the, he has been an abnormal rookie with how much uh, he's been able to, to to throw it and the consistency he's been without the interceptions. Uh, so he's kind of an ano- anomaly right now because look at all the down the field throws that he's had and their run game has gotten better as they rolled along, but that wasn't the case uh, earlier in the in the year. So that system, you know, a lot of it because Kyle Shanahan and and Sean McVay do such a good job with their tempo, their rhythm. I mean, it's let, let's be honest. At times, it almost looks like you're watching an NBA game. It's a fast break. You know, they're mm-hmm. constantly putting pressure on the defense, and there's go, 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 go. And, you know, that that's what I think, uh, you know, is a, a big part of it. And look at how they've incorporated rookies. I mean, you look at Green Bay with the rookie receivers, Jaden Reed and uh, the guys in Wicks and Romeo Dobbs and how they're having an impact. I mean, look at the year of Puka Nakua out there for the yeah, Rams. crazy. You know, so. And these can, tight ends that are coming in, yeah, too. Yeah. You can incorporate young players in uh, quickly. And, you know, I just think, uh, you know, that's why they've kind of been, that's the hottest names have come, whether it's Liam Cohen or Shane Waldron and all these guys that have a background in that style of offense, because it is kind of the, the hottest things. And those two offenses that I just mentioned have been the better, two better offenses in the league here in, in 2023. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing about every, the start of every season, you don't know what a guy like Sam Laporte is going to add to your offense. You don't know what Puka Nakua is going to do and what a great player and a great blocker he's going to become. And then all of a sudden you'd be able to expand the versatility of your offense because as each game ticks by, every one of these rookies is getting a little bit better and showing you what they're capable of doing and how they can be incorporated in the development and the growth of the offenses. So I think that's kind of like the unknown at the start of every season. And the guys, you, you think at the start of the season when they picked Puka Nakua and what was it, the fifth round? Or whatever round he was drafting, that they thought they thought the guy was going to be this good with the injuries they had at the other receivers. So, you know, if you can if if you can have some explosiveness by the great unknown, and that's rookies, it can do a lot for you you as a as an offensive coordinator and being more creative. Uh, I, so this whole conversation, this segment, I started with okay. What? So I, I'm going to ask again for both of you and Jim. You can start. What's the kryptonite? against these these offenses what defenses make it more challenging for those offenses well i think when you look at the uh, to me it was more related to injuries for 49ers when they lost that that three in a row but clearly i think you saw it last year when uh when they went in and played philadelphia and he got hurt the pressure on purdy mm. can cause problems 
Right. right. So, and that's where he has some issues there. And then you'll have to modify it with the play calling. And Kyle Shanahan will protect him with the bubble screens and slip screens and things of that nature uh, to to avoid going, you know, of, of him getting pressure under high pressure defenses. Um, and so, you know, I, I think every player is different because you're going to attack every quarterback different to provide that pressure depending on other matchups. You know, are they weak at guard? Can we attack this tackle? All those type of things and how they're able to bring the pressures to pro- to provide that, uh, you know, that really that impact on a, on a quarterback that can harass him in order to disrupt an offense. You know, I, I still think that when you look at any offense, if they're efficient, if you get a dominating, a difference maker, three technique defensive tackle, a guy that gets up field with so, so instantly that he makes a running game one-sided or he puts the quarterback in a retreat position. If you can find one of those guys that's special, and I, I think that he can make other components of your defense improve um, at, at a really quick rate because you're really changing the timing and the think of thinking process of the entire offensive line and the offensive coordinator. And I think that's the one position, if you think going forward in the playoffs and, and how that position factors in, and it's even like a guy that I know he's not an explosive three-technique defensive tackle. If you look at Vita Vea and what he did to the tush push last week, yeah. it's a play that they weren't able to run successfully because they had an in, immovable bruiser in the middle of that defense that kind of, you know, he played the part that he needed to play um, against that specific play. Well, heck, you even look at, you know, I don't know how many people are really focusing much on what the Rams did with their rookies, but, you know, Aaron Donald in the playoff game, they had the isolation shots, Jim and Tom, of him just getting doubled and tripled the entire game. Uh, but over the course of the season, you had a rookie nose tackle out of Wake Forest. Kobe Turner had nine sacks. <laughs> uh, you know, the defense had a bunch of young players. Uh, on both sides of the ball, because of certain players, they rose all boats. And that's what you're looking for from a star defensive player, and you're looking for that from your quarterback as well, obviously. Yeah, so, well, I, it's well, I, I definitely think. I mean, Donald's such a dominant player. You're going to raise yeah. the level of play. And we, we talked about it even for the Bears. I mean, look when the Bears added Montez Sweat. All right, look at how Yannick Ngakwe all of a sudden started to show up a little bit more on the opposite. And then even towards the latter part of the season, when Yannick got hurt, DeMar- Demarcus Walker was making plays because all the attention is going to, to Montez Sweat. So when you get a blue-chip chip player – other uh, players, like you said, got to raise uh, their level because they need to cash in on making plays because he's commanding all the attention, much like Aaron Donald. You know, one thing about training camp, if, Gian- if, if Demarcus Walker didn't get here in training camp and then re-aggravate his injury at Indianapolis, uh, I'm not so sure that they would have. I know they had Ngakwe there by the time they went to Indianapolis, but I'm not sure that, so sure they would have had to sign him. Because they brought an element when they have Rasheen Green and they have the rest of these guys. I don't know if, um, you know, they would have felt that they were in an emergency need where they had they had to sign him. And then, obviously, they went out and made the deal for Montez Sweat. And he, you know, he allowed everybody to play uh, a better brand of football because of what he was offering the rest of the guys. 
Oh, yeah. Demarcus Walker uh, really did rise significantly over the course of the season and certainly after the uh, addition of Montez, second on the team during uh, since week nine in pressures on the quarterback. All right, we're going to take another break here. When we come back, we'll hear our interview with Jaquan Brisker late in the season. He looks forward to what's next for the Bears and beyond here on Bears Weekly on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. <laughs> is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly is brought to you by Athletical Physical Therapy. Visit athletical.com to request an in-clinic or virtual appointment and start feeling better tomorrow. Jeff, Tom, and Jim here on Bears Weekly. Our interview with Jaquan Brisk coming up in just a moment. First of all, uh, Jim, I got to ask you as we're talking about all this coaching stuff and we could be here all day talking about who's interviewing where, but uh, do you... I think it's right that Ben Johnson, who's trying to get ready for arguably the biggest game of his career and the biggest game in Lions history, uh, that he's interviewing on Friday and Saturday for four head head coaching jobs. Yeah, yeah, I think it it is what it is. But uh, a lot of that is obviously via Zoom um, and just how long, how much time is it taken away from from his preparation you know, I, I, it goes back to I, I listened to Dan Quinn, uh, who's obviously getting interviewed, defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. He said he got all that stuff out of the way uh, back in the, in the summertime, meaning if, you know, if anybody was going to ask him for a head coaching interview to have all his notes uh, accounted for and that the, really just the interview would be uh, the easy part of it. But, yeah, huh. you would like to think it's a distraction. You know, did it distract Dallas the other day? They didn't look too prepared yeah. defensively. You know, so, you know, you know, so I, I think it's a distraction, but coaches, what do they do? They, they, this is how they, they, how do I say how they work is you have to make adjustments and that's how they view it. It's just another thing they have to adjust to and account for their time and, and have a, have a schedule. And, you know, it's, it is what it is. Tom, is there a better way or you, you're shaking your head? What, what, what are you feeling? What is your thought? I, I just, I just think that the, the Detroit guy, I mean, I can't believe that you would take I, – I know that the practices aren't very long on Friday and there's very, nothing on Saturday, but just the distraction and the way it filters into the locker room that they're already talking about a guy that could be on his way out before you play the most important game in the history of that franchise. And I just think it's a distraction whether you want to act like it is or act like it isn't. And I know that Dan Campbell – is still the most important personality of that football team, and he filters through the locker room as much as anybody. However, I just think when you have so much distractive conversation filtering into the locker room, it's just not healthy when you get ready to play such a big game. And Dan Quinn, who in the heck would want to hire him after that defensive performance to be the next head coach? Um, And whether he did the work in the summertime or he did it the night before the game. All right, our interview with Jaquan Brisker here coming up as we look at a Bears secondary growing, growing together. Uh, This was uh, right before the end of the season, and we looked forward to the future of what this Bears defense might look like. Here's Jaquan. So before the season or early in the season in September, I think you gathered the guys together and you said, why not us? Why can't it be us? And, you know, this team has a record it has, but you weren't wrong. You know, you weren't wrong because – the close calls, things could have been totally different. So what did you know then that made you think that? Just the guys that we brought in, um, just, you know, the talent that they have, the, the man they are, 
and um, just who they stand for. You know, I just seen all camp, you know, the way we battled, you know, the way, um, you know, that we just kept going every single day. You know, I know, you know, camp might have been pain and things like that, but just the way them guys just, you know, kept battling and the, the way we just kept getting, you know, closer and closer together. You know, I knew it was something special, you know, from there on. And then um, just, you know, the energy, the passion of the team and um, just the way we we just kept getting closer and, you know, um, knowing each other, you know, knowing outside, you know, just outside of football and things like that. You know, I thought it was special. So um, from there on, I just, you know, the guys we had in our room, I just knew, like, why not us? Um, you know, we could be something special. Well, you guys are on defense, right? For sure. I mean, it's crazy what's happened. Do you ever think back, gosh, I, I, I got injured, you know, I had the hammy, didn't play a full season, what you – might be looking at right now with all the guys because yeah. there were a lot of guys were banged up. Yeah, me and Eddie was just talking about that today. Yeah. Actually, we said, um, you know, if you know guys didn't you know get hurt, you know, during camp and miss all this preseason time and wasn't really nicked up going into the first game and um, continued on, you know, I, I think we'll be you no know, different just because you know how long we came and how close we got and um, just what we've been showing with the turnovers, the um, the cost form with the sacks and things like that. Um, just imagine if you know we were all healthy, played preseason, you know, got that chemistry going earlier. You know, that could have happened a, little, a lot earlier. But I, I, I mentioned this to you before. There's a difference between putting a player in a position, aligning up, hey, do X, Y, and Z, and there's a whole different matter when they say we're going to deploy you. And I, I always say that about you. You're deployed, meaning you're weaponized. You're that 17 tackle game. Are you kidding me? You were deployed to make. Hell, for the other team. Um, is that what you've always been wanting? Yeah. Just um, just being around the football, um, just helping my teammates um, get better, um, helping my teammates um, get a win, that's always important. It's, um, whatever I could do to get them a win, you know, I'll do whatever it is, you know, throw my body around, you know, um, whatever it may be, whatever the case may be. Um, just as long as we win, that all that matters to me. So um, just as long as I keep you know, flying around doing my job and doing what I can at you know, 1,000% every time, uh, and then we get the win, you know, I'll, I'll be happy. And even if I went in um, zero tackles and we still got the win, you know, I'll be happy because I, I love the way um, my teammates play, uh, especially, you know, when, you know, they make a huge play or even offensively they make a, you know, great play. I'm always excited. So, um, you know, as long as we get the win, you know, I'll, I'll always be good. Well, now we're several weeks removed from that game. Do you ever think about it? <laughs> yeah, I think about it. Tell, tell me what goes through your head about uh, really, just every single play, I was just dialed in, um, just focused, just wanted to take over, you know, the game, but just wanted to, um, you know, make my presence felt. You know, I know the first game, I felt like I didn't, and it was a, a huge divisional game for us um, that time. And the second game, it, it was also. So um, just getting that um, that win, that feel, but um, getting those 17 tackles and you know, help my team win. You know, I, I was just so dialed in. You know, every play, you know, every play mattered. And um, I just wanted to show, you know, what I could do, how I could just dominate. That game, is that a glimpse of your future? Yeah, I'll, I'll say that just, um, that's just a, a, a little warm-up because uh, it's not a complete game for me. I feel like um, if I probably, you know, got that interception um, across the middle, um, I probably maybe another interception or maybe um, a strip fumble. Now, I feel like if I did that, then maybe – you know, I'll be satisfied. Well, not satisfied, but maybe I'll be okay. But that's just a little, just a little glimpse of you know what I could really do. All right, you're the energizer. You're the spark plug. That was the exact quote Andre Curtis. He's a, he's a spark plug, mm -hmm. and I can see that. You know, 
There's a brand name for spark, champion spark plugs. That's going to be you, right? That, that is. That's going to be you. So when you celebrate plays, and we talked about this briefly, you and I, but refresh my memory. So what's with the bow and arrow? What's, what's the move? What's, just, that, what's that mean? Just um, not put the mark down my face. You know, I've been doing it since, you know, junior college. You know, just putting the mark down my face. You know, I feel like I'm a warrior. Like, um, I'm going to lay it all out on the field that, um, you know, I'm really unstoppable. And, you know, I really came, you know, from the commentator the first game against Wisconsin. You know, I remember I battled through a couple injuries in the first half, and um, I didn't come back to the second half, and I dominated that game. But I just kept, you know, going down. But I ended up fighting um, to the end. And um, when I got the last pick, he was like, you know, that kid's a warrior. And um, that was like, you know, that's how I really think of myself because that's really why I got the arrow down my, my – the line down my face every time, every single game. So it's just like that's how I really think of myself. So every time I do the bow and arrow, you know, that's who I think I am, you know, um, a warrior. So Yeah, right. Well, hey, and I tell you, and you are the hardest hitter on this team. I really – I mean, there's a bunch of hard hitters, but, man, when you tee somebody up, uh, you can't really think about it, right? You just got to uh, let it rip because yeah. if you do, you know, you're going to – you're probably going to do something wrong. But – is that right? You just let it loose? Yeah, I definitely got to let it loose just um, a thousand percent every single time. And um, really just came from, you know, early just growing up. You know, them big hits was a lot of woos in the crowd. And then, <laughs> you know, guys come up to you after the game just like, man, you hit hard. Or, you know, that really was a you know a big thing in, in West Pre- Western PA, Pittsburgh. So um, then my, you know, growing up from my brothers and things like that, you know, they were hard hitters. So it's just, you know, a style that we play and then um, a style that I play. You know, I love playing. You know, that's just a part of the game. You know, the physicality, you know, that hyped me up. You know, hand somebody super hard and then getting a crowd to say, Ooh. You're a showman. Yeah, getting a crowd to say, Ooh, I like that. Yeah, you're a showman, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a showman. You know, you mentioned your brothers, and there's a shirt in your locker, a black shirt with the name Tay on it. Yep. Your brother passed away several years ago. It hangs in there. What's that simple, well, what's that signify for you? Yeah, um, that's who I'm doing it for every single yeah. day, you know, every single second. Um, my brother, um, that's up in heaven right now. Um, you know, he taught me, you know, almost everything I know, uh, especially off the field, just, you know, what type of person I could be. You know, I could be, a, you know, a great person. You know, I could do things for people. I could help, you know, others in need. And that's what type of person he was. Like, it wasn't just about, you know, football, you know, just with him. It was about, you know, life, you know, what you could do to help, you know, people help, you know, our family, help other families, and um, how you could just put a smile on your face. And, you know, that's how I try to take the, you know, approach every day. And then on the football field, you know, we used to, you know, always work hard together. You know, I remember him um, waking me up, and we just doing some curls, you know, a couple curls, you know, while I was in seventh, eighth grade, where I could barely touch weights. Um, <laughs> we're doing curls, and then um, we're running from the truck and all the way down and, you know, things like that. And it's super cold. He got his shirt off with a hat on. You know, I'm just running with a hoodie on. I just remember that. But um, just, you know, different things like that um, makes me, you know, continue to go and, you know, just trying to keep his, his name going, you know, every single day. That's why I put the shirt there because I know who I'm, who I'm doing it for every single day, and um, I'm going to continue to do it for him. The secondary is exploding. Um, Tyreek's already saying we're the best best in the country. Mm-hmm. He still thinks he's in college, best <laughs> in the nation, best, best in the NFL. Jalen, Kyler, you guys are almost all superheroes in your own way. Is, is this the heartbeat of this team right now? Yes, I feel like um, it is. And I feel like we, we kept this, you know, this defense together, this team together, just about our play. Um, you know, the way we practice every single day, we, you know, we go super hard, you know, we run to the ball. Um, you know, we got a lot of swag, you know, a lot of energy, a lot of passion. And then um, the chemistry is just, you know, growing for us. And you could just, you could tell, you know, by the way we're playing, um, you know, on and off the field. Like, I know where them guys are going to be without even texting them. 
and that's just how close we are. Um, so, you know, I love those guys, and um, it's, it's even dangerous because, you know, we just, you know, this is probably our, our first year all together, and we're just, um, you know, scratching the surface, and, that, and that's the scary part. So, you know, like you said, you know, we're all superheroes in our own way, and I truly believe that, and um, I truly believe that we got so much more that, you know, people haven't even seen yet. So I love those guys. Yeah, well, can't wait. Can't wait to see what's next. And Tyreek Stevenson today, our lads, uh, they're all rookie team. He was uh, one of the uh, corners, the starting corner, uh, led all rookies in tackles, pass breakups, and interceptions. Uh, Jaquan Brisker had a really good rookie year. Hopefully these guys stay healthy, continue to grow together, Tom and Jim, because, uh, yeah, in 2023, I would say they did. They made a lot of noise back there on the back end, Tommy. Him and Jeff, one thing I like about the defensive backfield is like there's an argument of who is the most physical. Because yeah. you told Jaquan Brisker he's the most physical. I think Tyreek Stevenson is the most physical. So I think when you can have that conversation about multiple defensive backs, and I think Kyler Gordon is, is equally oh, yeah. as, a, as a tough guy. So when you talk about that many defensive backs are in the conversation, I think it's a good thing for the future of the Bears. And Jim Terrell Smith will have a say in being physical as well. So I, I want I want my secondary to be nasty. Yeah, and you know they've gotten bigger. Obviously, Br- Brisker is is a big guy. He's very versatile. Yeah. He's good down in the box. You can blitz him. Uh, you look at both the corners that they drafted last year. Those are big corners. Uh, Smith coming out of Minnesota, and Tyreek, like you said, played awesome and a very aggressive uh, player. And I just like the versatility, too, of, of Kyler Gordon. He's an excellent nickelback. He provides versatility with how he can blitz. He's tough as nails. And I think, you know, when you look at Jalen Johnson, and I voted him first-team All-Pro. I thought he played that well. Uh, when I talked to him at uh, at training camp, he said, my goal, I need to get more turnovers. And that happened. Uh, yep. This year, and it just became infectious back there. One one player was one up in each other uh, as the the season rolled on, and they just kept on making play, more plays on the back end of, of that defense. It's a very good secondary the Bears have assembled. Absolutely, one segment to go. We'll do a whip around to see what's up around the NFL. Some thoughts when we come back on Bears Weekly on ESPN One Thousand and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak, on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly brought to you by CDW. People to get it, 90 seconds to go. This is going to be quick. Uh, who wins in the NFC only? Tampa, Detroit. Tommy, you go first, then Packers, Niners, Jim. I'm going Detroit and Packers. No, not Jimbo. Detroit and 49ers. I... Uh, I think Tampa's got a good shot here, but I will go with the Detroit Lions, or the, otherwise they tar and feather me up here in, in Motown. Uh, and I will take the 49ers. I do think 49ers will be able to run it on, on the Packers big time. I, I'm, I'm going 49ers, and I just – there's something about Baker this year. I'm going for the win on the road at Detroit. And have you ever heard this, guys? Miami Hurricane tight end Cam McCormick announced his return for a ninth season of college football. He's had four season-ended injuries, same recruiting class at Oregon as Justin Herbert. Tom, would you do it? No. (laughs) Jim? I mean, we've had guys 52 years old play college football, so why the hell not? (laughs) Remember the old lineman down in Oklahoma? He was 52. And Jerry Glanville is 82, and he just got hired as defensive coordinator at Division II Northwestern Oklahoma State. Way to go, Jerry. <laughs> it's, this sport is something else. We got to go. Jim and Tom, thank you very much. Thank you to our crew. As always, Adam Abdallah is coming up next. Thanks for listening to Bears Weekly on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network.
Thank you for listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears Weekly, hosted by the mayor of Bearsville, Jeff Juniak, and Surfmaster Tom Thayer. Podcasts are available on the Chicago Bears official app. Bears Weekly has been brought to you by Apple Podcasts, Bet Rivers, IGS Energy, and Miller Lite.